Hi, everyone. I am so happy to be able to bring to you Joe Raybull. He is a technical analyst uh, with over 30 years of experience, and he and I work together covering some of the biggest institutions in the United States. So the big money managers, mutual fund companies, uh, including hedge funds. And uh, they used him weekly to review their portfolios, to find out if there was weakness in some of the stock holdings that they had, um, to see if there were opportunities to buy more shares. And then also, of course, looking for new ideas, idea generations. So that's exactly what we brought to you in this uh, interview, this in-depth interview. And we really started with taking a look at the markets, just given the fact that we saw some major moves this past week, some big swings, and also, of course, uh, a 10% sell-off in tech stocks. So we covered the indices, commodities, currencies, and then got into some stock ideas. So take a listen. I hope you enjoy. And also, so importantly, he has... Uh, a newsletter, a weekly report that you can get access to. And um, through a promo code using my name, Catherine, um, you can get 50% off for, I think, three months. So take a look, see if you like it, and sign up if you want. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Just before we get going, I want to remind you that everything we talk about and discuss should not be considered as investment advice. The purpose of what we talk about on Catherine Murray Media and Markets on YouTube, as well as Catherine Murray in conversation with on my podcast, should be viewed as informational and entertainment purposes only. Please definitely do your own research, your own homework, and definitely consult an investment professional before making any investment decisions. And also to note, some of us might hold positions in some of the stocks uh, that we discuss. Uh, Joe, great to be able to catch up with you and and um, and get your views uh, for our viewers. You you know I've been wanting you to be on air with me for over a decade. So, <laughs> uh, and and for our viewers to know um, and and how we know each other is you know you do technical analysis and have done it for uh, you'll fill me in on the blanks here in terms of the amount of time, but I think probably twenty twenty five years. But we work together in the sense that I would take you in to see institutional investors. So big money managers and hedge funds, you obviously had your own clients and I brought hopefully more to you. Um, and, and investors would use you. I mean, these are people who manage five billion up to, I don't know, a hundred billion, what have you, um, to monitor their portfolio, make sure that there were no major technical breakdowns. Um, also help them in terms of looking for opportunities in terms of when they might want to leg into a stock. And then also, of course, provide them with uh, idea generation. So, um, you know, you have really been so useful to many, many institutional investors. And now what we're really trying to do, what I've been trying to do, uh, is bring you to the retail and individual investor, because you really just cannot ignore the technicals of the market. And you haven't really been able to for 10 years, but if it, it's ever so pre prevalent these days. But why don't you fill in just a little bit about um, yourself right now before we get started in terms of the technicals of the market these days? Yeah, I mean, you did a pretty good job there. I've been doing it for 30 years. But, oh. <laughs> uh, essentially, I uh, try and help guys that are, already want to know, uh, they kind of know what stocks they want to own. And I'm sort of helping them with the timing. I do give them idea generation. I give them an idea of kind of the general market uh, uh, outlook. Uh, but a lot of what I do is bottom up and sector driven and individual stock driven. And I'm trying to sort of identify the pearls out there that, you know, might be moving to their own, you know, the beat of their own drum rather than uh, necessarily market stocks. 
Um, I obviously have to follow the stocks like Apple, Microsoft and all that and give a read on those. But um, if I can identify stocks that maybe the average person isn't looking at because they don't see them because they don't have enough time to go through as many stocks as I go through, I mean, literally go through, you know, probably each week, I would say I go through about two to 3000 charts, individual stocks. And uh, that gives me a really good feel for the market doing that. Uh, and I can do I do it across, um, you know, from large cap all the way down to micro cap, actually, and uh, look to just for different ideas from that standpoint. So um, that's kind of where I am right yeah. now. Yeah. And, and also, of course, um, across geographies and, and also, of course, uh, currencies as well as uh, commodities. But um, but I also, you know, I think it's important to understand as well. And, you know, the differences in, in certain technical analysts and, and perhaps what you use um, that maybe differentiates you and quite frankly, your success. I mean, there's no point in looking at technicals if you're wrong. So uh, what, what do you think it is about your process that, that drives um, that drives some of the, uh, the returns? Yeah, I would say two things. Number one is um, I'm willing to get it a little dirty. I go under the hood. And um, I think a lot of guys are just so busy. A lot of the guys are on TV or if they're working at a major brokerage firm or something like that. They're being pulled in all different directions. They're on the road a lot, maybe not now, but, uh, but you know, they're, they're constantly kind of uh, handling what's coming up. And I don't know that they have the amount of time that I do to be able to go through uh, as many stocks as I see. And uh, to me, that's just a massive advantage, massive, because you can look at um, a group of stocks, say, uh, let's just use an example in energy or something like that, or financials is an even better one. And I think if you're looking at what's taking place one by one in each individual stock, and, do, and when I go through, I'll, I'll typically look at, let's say, uh, seven or 800 stocks in a, in a nightly review, and it's sorted by sector. So I'm looking at all the banks together and I'm, I'm seeing there's, there's a tendency that all of a sudden, you know, late last year, there was a significant shift in what was taking place there. There was footprints of money showing up, uh, buyers coming in. And when you see that, you typically have a week or two advantage over the guy that's just looking at the like XLF or he's looking at the market or whatever. So it's, it's just having that little bit of an edge. And then the other thing that I do, I think is unique is that I look at multiple timeframes and I look at it for, I'm looking for trend alignment amongst a monthly chart, a weekly chart and daily chart where the timing can be improved and the risk can be reduced. And maybe the point at where you get in a stock um, might be a, a little bit more timely. And uh, so that's kind of the goal, what I try and achieve for uh, my clients and what I'm going to try and achieve as I continue to grow uh, this newsletter business. Right. Um, and, and which for our viewers, I don't even think I said your, your last name to begin with. It's Joe Rabel. Uh, and, uh, and, and where people can find your, your uh, newsletter uh, and, and reports, it's Rabel Stock Research. So we'll get Rabel to- RabelStockResearch.com, right. Yeah. Um, you know, just before we get going, though, in terms of looking at the technicals of the market and also a lot of stock ideas for our viewers, um, you mentioned something which I think is really important in terms of looking at the footprints of money. We should describe exactly in one sentence what technical analysis is, because it does have to do with the footprints of money. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of different guys. A lot of guys talk about it in relation to like fear and uh, greed and, and, and that shows up in the charts. And I agree with that, too. But I'm essentially trying to find where big money is 
is starting to, to, it's like an elephant trying to get into a bathtub. You can't hide. If they start to put their foot in the water, the, the, the level of the water is going to go up. So I'm constantly on the lookout. That's really what I'm trying to find when I go through all these stocks. I'm looking for some, some sign that there's a footprint uh, for, with big money. Because if you can get in in front of big money, uh, you, can make, you can make pretty good gains. Okay. So that's a lot about um, just kind of watching stocks move and the various technical factors that tell you those, that give you those signals versus fundamental analysis where you're kind of looking at the company, the corporation, the industry. Um, are people going to spend more in terms of retail sales and therefore revenue is going to be higher, earnings would be higher, and therefore the stock price is going to be higher? Very, two very different disciplines. Right. And, and l- let me tell you, I mean, I believe in the fundamental side. I'm not trying to say that, you know, dismiss it. I just think and I've worked with money managers for 30 years. I can tell you that uh, there are a, f- a few um, exceptions, but for the most part, the, the top money managers are using both. And that would be my uh, advice to the average guy out there. Learn how to improve your timing a little bit so that you can live through uh, you know, periods where it gets a little tougher, I think it's where, you know, you're trying to still step on the accelerator where maybe you should be, you know, lifting off the gas a little bit. And I think this can help a lot from, from that standpoint. Right. And with that said, let's actually get your take in terms of what we've seen over the past uh, 24 hours in terms of the market, because clearly yesterday we saw a significant sell off as we saw U.S. 10 year yields break through that one point six percent mark. The day looked to be on the weaker side this morning as well. And now we've got a little bit of a reversal. It seems as though people are okay and putting their foot on the accelerator. So let me have you um, take it away in, in terms of. Um, and let me just make sure I can sh- that we are on shared screen. Yes, we are. So you can bring up the charts. And why don't we just first take a look at uh, at the S and P five hundred and and you tell us what what we need to be watching for here. Okay, so um, I do have four charts up, and um, I'm going to try and zero in on. Uh, the one that I think is most important. So hopefully you don't get too confused. But the, the bottom line is they're on the bottom right. I've got a daily chart and then top right is a weekly and then top left is a monthly. So um, obviously the monthly gives us the big picture, wide angle lens. Uh, the weekly is the time frame I think that most people should be spending most of their time looking at and looking for trends on that. Uh, it tends to give really smooth trends and it's not, it doesn't take as long as the monthly. And then the daily can give us a little bit better timing. So um, let's just zero in on the weekly chart of the S&P. And, uh, you know, we've made a pretty good run, obviously, from la- the bottom in last year, made a big move up and then kind of consolidated. Now we've made another run up. And um, just recently, we're seeing uh, MACD, this is this, uh, this blue line and the, the the uh, golden line is kind of like its signal line or a moving average of the blue line is starting to show a little sign that maybe the momentum is slowing a little bit. Um, I also look at ADX and that's, and that's also showing um, a little bit of a turn down in the, in the strength of the, of the move right now, but not to the degree where I'm necessarily looking for anything significant to the downside. So when we do this, we kind of just want to look at where price support comes in and, uh, you know, we've definitely got some support here at 3,700. That's where we're basically bottoming right now is a little bit above. So I think this 3,700 is the key level to watch right now. If we don't, if we break that, then I think we start to get into something a little bit deeper that probably takes more time, uh, could end up taking a few months potentially. 
and, and that's for the S&P. I mean, we're going to go through a lot of the indexes, but uh, in terms of the S&P, I think 3,700 is kind of a key level right now. Okay. And, and just real brief, because we're going to talk, I know you're going to talk a lot about MACD as well as ADX. Um, I, I, tell us how that factors into your view that 3,700 is a support level. Well, I use the moment. So these are both momentum indicators and they measure the strength of each leg. And so we're starting to get a little bit of a sign that the momentum is starting to slow a little bit. Now, it's not the type of reversal that would suggest to me that we're getting ready to plunge or anything, but it's something that we need to be on the lookout for uh, as we start to find support here and maybe push higher again and, and, and potentially test this high. We kind of want to watch and see if this indicator improves with it or if it keeps dropping. And then the same thing holds true for the ADX line. Uh, and so that's really how I would be... Um, I think that's how I'd be looking at it. And that's how I use these indicators. And then I do it in, in, in three different timeframes. So right. it can be pretty valuable and help you really pinpoint where support and resistance is. But uh, right now, I, I think I'd be focused on that 3,700 for the S&P anyway. Okay. So at these levels, you're not too concerned then? Um, not really. I mean, we've turned down like a short-term trend, but we haven't really turned down the weekly chart, which again is, is very important. So just to take one more quick peek, and then we won't have to go through this on all the stocks, but this right. is an 18-week moving average, and this is a 40-week moving average. And I use an 18 simple moving average and a 40 on every single chart. So if I, any one of these charts I pull up, they're all going to look the same, even though they're one's a weekly, one's a daily, one's a monthly. So um, just trying to identify what the trend is. The 18-week moving average is a very powerful line. You can see every time we've pulled back to it, it has acted as support, and it's doing it again right now. Hmm. So that's why if we break that, it would be somewhat of a concern for me. Okay. Um, all right. Let's uh, take another look then at uh, at the NAT or a look at the Nasdaq. That is, um, of course, there's been a lot of weakness over the past couple of days and in concern. And here we are now up on the day to the tune of one percent, Joe. So what's going on there? So um, first, let's just look at this on a monthly chart, because I want to just point out, we've made a big run to the upside, and we've gotten pretty far away from this 18-month moving average. So one of the things I like about doing this in multiple timeframes is that Wait, I sorry, 18-month or 18-week? No, Eight. this is the monthly chart. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm pulling up each one. I'm going to try and keep you on tune, but this is the monthly. So this is a long-term look and it's gotten, it's made a big run and it's gotten, a, I think gotten ahead of itself after, when you get far away from any uh, moving average, especially the 18 week, it tends to act as a, act as a leash and maybe like pull it back a little bit. So that seems like that's what should take place here. What's possible is that it just ends up consolidating sideways and lets the moving average catch up. But I still think there's some pullback risk in this. Um, so, you know, if we go and look at what took place on a weekly, uh, you know, just in the last three weeks, we've made a pretty good dip. Um, I think we've corrected about 10%. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it's the type of thing where, you know, this is probably going to be a process as opposed to this just dropping straight down instantly you know, we're just going to have to watch and see how this reacts at these key levels. So right now you're kind of right at the 18 week. It's a little bit below, but the way it's rallying, it might close right at it uh, for the week. So just something to keep an eye on um, as we go forward. What, what is the level then for the 18 week? Because we're going we're gonna to be watching the close pretty closely today. Uh, 18 week. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong, wrong chart. Uh -huh. 
For the uh, NASDAQ, yeah. Uh, if it closes right at the 18 week. It's at, uh, it's right about, uh, right here, 12.8, 12.872, something like that. Okay. Okay. We'll watch that. Um, let's also take a look at the Dow. The Dow obviously has fared a little bit better versus some of the others in the market just because it's got a little bit more cyclical value-oriented tilt uh, to it. Um, what is that looking like? And, and also, too, Joe, has been interesting is that it's been such a laggard in the broader market, but now with the reopening trades and cyclical focus, it seems to be showing a little bit more strength. Uh, what, what do you see on a technical basis? Yeah, you know, um, it, it really goes back to your original statement, which is this is it's a flip from uh, growth to value, and that's helping this index, but it's been really hurting the index for quite some time. And so uh, I think what we're seeing looks pretty real. Uh, I actually track, I don't have the chart, unfortunately, right now, but I track the uh, IWF, the growth fund versus the uh, IWD value in the Russell. And it's made a pretty big reversal. Uh, it, it's hard to ignore what's taken place there. It looks like something that, uh, I mean, is probably going to last for a little bit. I don't know that it's going to last the same direction that, you know, I'm not saying we're at 2000 and it's going to go on for seven years like it did the last time, but I think it's something that you have to pay attention to. And again, if I go through stock by stock, there's a lot of attractive patterns in what would be considered the value area. So we're going to talk uh, about more about yeah. that as we go along. Yeah. One thing I do want to mention, that we did have a question um, about, uh, well, two questions. One related to uh, how the environment has changed a little bit, just based on the fact that, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the volatility has increased and we got the GameStop type of action taking place. And how does that affect the technicals? And then there's a second question related to, you know, we've been in a, basically a 39-year bull market. I'm going to show what that looks like. Mm. Um, so this is the Dow Jones Industrial Average using a, a yearly bar chart. Instead of a monthly, I've got yearly bars. And so it started up in 1982. So that was kind of the question. It's 39 years of just uh, really been trending to the upside. But if you notice on a yearly chart, we've gotten pretty far away. Right. I mean, this is the 18 year moving average. Wow. And the last time we pulled back to it, look at how that came down and tried to close below it. And by the end of the year, turned around and then took off again. So those are really great opportunities. Right now, we're in a higher risk territory. Uh, we've made a pretty big run away from this line. So it's not to say that it's an instantaneous thing when we're looking at a yearly chart. It's just to know that where you are in the bigger picture, there is more risk right now. And so we want to see signs. If we started to see signs that the monthly chart was losing momentum or some type of reversal was taking place, then I think that increases the risk that maybe we want to go through one of these uh, phases. But I'm not big on making a big market call. It just isn't, it's not worth it to me, but I want you to know where you are in relation to like your risk levels. And I, mm -hmm. I would consider this a high risk level. And it gets worse as you look at the S&P and the, and the uh, NASDAQ. Hmm. Okay. And, and to be clear too, it, it's not worth you making a big market call because you really are so bottoms up and looking for the stock specific opportunities, not just buying the, the market as a whole and selling it when it maybe looks a bit overstretched. Exactly. So, I mean, what I'm trying to do is find the pockets that are working. So if if the market decides to reverse, there could be some other areas that are totally, they have no correlation to the market at all, that can be really powerful trades, as opposed to saying, just go to cash. So, um, 
you know, obviously my clients have to be invested. They've got charters that tell them they, they basically, you know, I mean, they might hold 90% uh, or 10% cash at times, but it's very rare for them to ever go beyond that. And even having 10% cash is a big risk for them. So they're constantly on the lookout for what is the best stock. And so that's kind of where, how I grew up in the business. And that's, that's really what I try and uh, focus my yeah. time on. Okay. Um, let's say. Uh, so yeah, just to finish yeah. this yeah. point, because this is stretched away, it is a slightly different environment. I mean, we're, we, we are in a period where, yeah, we're starting to see the GameStop type of stuff take place. I mean, it, it probably wouldn't happen early on in a bull market, but these are the types of characteristics when you get really late. Um, I think you should plan on volatility continuing to increase. Uh, I think when we get this type of elevated price action that it's uh, it, it, you're going to see bigger swings, uh, kind of crazy price action, probably from here on out until we actually make some type of a bull market top, which I think is kind of hard to say, because I got to tell you, the, the pullback we're getting today is just symptomatic of the fact that people just seem like there's still a lot of cash on the sidelines. It's the only way I can reconcile hmm. how every single time it pulls back, uh, the market seems to show strength again. So um you know, I think you got, I think you're better off not making a monster call or a major cycle call or anything like that and start just looking at, you know, the trends based on the weekly and the monthly and uh, go from there. Mm -hmm. and, and your own individual stocks, which we've got a lot to go through today. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. But we want to, you know, kind of rip through the, the broader markets just because that's what a lot of people see when they watch television or they're watching on their iPad or what have you. Um, so let's a uh, quick look here at the R2K, the Russell 2000 representing the small cap stocks. It's important because, you know, they represent 2000 small cap companies in the United States. So when you see this move higher on a fundamental basis, it's kind of telling you that people are feeling better about the U.S. economy. So, you know, that's one reason why we look at whether or not you're invested or not. But what, what's it telling us right now? So yeah, I, one chart I just want to spend a minute on uh, this Russell 2000. It's the only it's a weekly chart, but I've got on the bottom I've actually got a mm. relative strength line. So this gray line is the Russell divided by uh, the S and P, or kind of like versus the S and P. So as a ratio, and so you can see it was getting killed uh, from 2018 all the way down till late last year, and then when this turned, to me that was just a major, very very important factor. And I was, again, I was seeing thousands and not thousands, but when you look at the Russell 2000, there were a significant number of stocks showing improvement in late 2020. And we've seen the benefit of that. Now we've made such a big move. I think we should spend some time correcting. And the only point I wanted to make is that when the, when the Russell is leading, which I would consider it leading right now, it will lead on the pullbacks too. It's a more volatile index. So when we get dips, it will underperform a little bit. But I would expect this to resolve itself to the upside after this consolidation and this line go to another new high. I think we're, we're looking at something uh, pretty meaningful from what I can <laughs> see, uh, especially based on a lot of individual stocks. So, Joe, we're at 2166. Um, is there a level that you think we could get in at? Is it here? Do we wait? What do we do? Um, I would probably be thinking around 2000 would be ideal if it, if we're going to buy on a dip or something like that. But, um, you know, I, I think we're going through like a contraction phase, meaning we spend a little time consolidating the gains after the big run. So it might just be more of a time correction rather than a price drop. And so if we just hang here 
for two to four weeks and we don't pull back, then I'm not going to sit down here at 2000 and, 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 you know what I mean? So I, I would be willing to step up, but I want to give it a little time at least to see if it wants to drop back down towards the 18 week. Understood. Um, let's take a look at the TSX. Uh, it's such a different indice versus those US ones, just in terms of the composition, yeah. obviously, energy so, I mean, and materials. TSX, it's it's it, 18,000 is the key level. I mean, it's a very, very key pivotal level. Above that, uh, north of that, you, you got to feel pretty good about it. If, it. if it had a bad week where it came down and sliced down through 18 and closed poorly for the week, uh, that would concern me that maybe we're, we're going back inside this range and, and we don't really have any upside momentum. So because the ADX pattern here is still pretty low. It's only in the teens, whereas on the other indexes, it's a lot stronger, uh, the ones we've talked about. So mm -hmm. it's not quite as good from a momentum standpoint, but anything north of 18 gives it the opportunity to start to see improved momentum. So I wouldn't just throw in the towel on it, uh, but I also wouldn't go crazy being a buyer quite yet. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more confirmation, at least see this hold 18,000 a little bit longer. Okay, let's uh, take a quick look here at um, the triple Qs as well. So tech heavy as we look at the triple Qs. Yeah, so uh, this is really not that different than um, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, NASDAQ, NASDAQ uh, <laughs> index, right? The, the, yeah. the bigger index is very similar. It got stretched away on the monthly chart, kind of correcting in. Um, many of the same characteristics were kind of coming in pretty hard. We're right about the 18 week average uh, you know, pretty close to it, but there's some support here at 300. Um, I don't like the volume action and it's mm. really easy to see on the daily chart. Look mm -hmm. at this sell-off, look at the expansion and selling volume. And so we want to be, we want to kind of be on the lookout as this rallies off 300, does the volume dry up uh, or does it improve? And we see really good buying action take place and good volume associated with it. If so, then 300 is probably pretty good support. But Again, I'm not really of the opinion that I'd want to dive in here and buy simply because it's starting to find support. I, I want to see some signs of improvement. The ADX is actually pretty bearish on a daily chart. So, um, How so? Can you explain that for one second? Oh, the ADX is. Yeah, the ADX is this blue line and it's moving up and crossing above 25 for the first time in several months. And it's based on the red. The red is telling you the strength of the sellers. The green is showing you the strength of the buyers. Oh. So if red breaks out like that, it's showing pretty good selling strength. And it even pulled back and held for the first time above this 25 line. And now we're getting, again, this blue line rising and moving up above 25 for the first time in several months. So it's real selling. It, it doesn't necessarily mean there's a huge amount of downside, but I would be surprised if we just turn on a dime and go straight back up again. Okay. So, um, Joe, we've covered the indices. I, I do want to hit the commodities and currencies for our viewers as well. And then we'll get to the stock ideas. There's just so many. Um, but this is important because if we're looking at some of the commodities, obviously that dovetails right into the sectors and the stocks. So first up, um, let's take a look at gold. Yeah. So um, I do want, I do like having the two charts up because you can see on the left, we made this huge move over the course of a few years and got really extended, got up kind of just beyond the old highs in the gold futures and then made a top right around this big round number at 2000. And it's been spending, it's spent a long time working its way back down towards the 18 month moving average. So 
in reality, this is doing exactly what you'd expect it to do. It, it made a big move to the upside and it's just got so extended away from the 18 month that it needed to kind of work off that overbought condition. So I think that's what's happening here. The momentum conditions are still okay. Um, on a daily chart, I mean, I'm sorry, in a weekly chart, we've kind of kind of worked our way down and now we're looking for a sign. I would almost be doing this. I would just be saying, you know, if we get a sign of a break of the, whoops, hold on. <laughs> put this downtrend in place. Put If we break the downtrend line to the upside, then you have to assume we're getting ready for another decent sized leg to the upside in gold. Uh, below this line, it's probably just kind of trading action. Uh, but once this line is broken, it's going to be pretty meaningful, I think. So um, we're getting pretty oversold in the short term. I wouldn't be surprised if we're doing some type of a rally right now or, okay. or soon. And so it looks as though it's 1860 is the level that you want to take a look at in terms of if we kind of go back to that and break through it, that you could get another up, up leg. Right. But just realize something. This trend line is going to keep. So every bar that goes by, the price is going to drop. So it's it's every time you go sideways, even even go sideways, you don't have to go down. This line is going to keep dropping. So where it made up, where it breaks through might be like 1800. So it's just a good thing to put down there and keep an eye on going forward. Okay. Um, let's take a look at um, WTI oil. Uh -huh. An incredible, pow I would think powerful move. What does it look like technically? Yeah, I mean, it's, ma it's made a pretty phenomenal move. Um, I, that, I'll just focus in on the weekly chart here. So, because this is specific pattern I, I refer to as a... Uh, undercut and rally basically. And it's doing it on a really long-term chart. So it, we, we essentially came down here and undercut this support zone back from uh, 2015. Mm -hmm. And if you notice, even though it had a, uh, you know, this wild drop and all that, it wasn't down there for very long before it reversed back up and got back above this level. And so I refer to that as, uh, I didn't coin the phrase, but I do like it. It's, it's an undercut and then it immediately rallies and get back above a key zone. And so it, it kind of, uh, it creates uh, uh, this potential turnaround pattern where I always look for the first pullback mm -hmm. after the spike, you get a spike up and then it comes back and it usually pull back. And so somewhere around this 40 level, it was sort of giving off signs that this is ready for another push to the upside. And uh, we made it through this resistance. The next resistance is probably, I thought actually we're right in this area, 65, 66, but the momentum is so good. It's very possible we're going to work our way up into the mid 70s. Hmm. Mid 70s for WTI potentially. Um, yeah, I'm using the crude light futures. I'm, okay. I'm, I think that's the same, but I'm not positive. Just Okay. 66, 66 though, is where we currently stand. Yeah. That looks about right. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's uh, take a quick look here then as well at the U.S. 10-year yield. This, of course, is what's been driving the market to the downside. <laughs> but today, it seems though now we've got a little bit of a reprieve ever so slightly, minute yeah, by minute. Um, you know, I mean, this is really what's been helping financials, right? I mean, so this got way overdone to the downside. So this is a monthly chart. We had this big breakdown right around one and a half with the yields and they dropped down and got down to such a ridiculous level. And then uh, we started to see a turn in the MACD line this, this, uh, at, from a really far distance away from the zero line. So this is kind of like, the zero line is kind of like a neutral level. And if we go back and look at this, um, historically speaking, when you get this far away, 
Mm-hmm. You could almost consider this like an oversold level, right? Mm. I mean, every time you get down here, you get some kind of a rally. And I think that's what we're in the midst of right now. So we're, we've, we've got up to this one and a half area. It'll be pretty important to see how it reacts here, because if it, if it makes it through, then you got to start thinking 175 or maybe two. Okay. Well, this is really important. I, I just had a conversation with um, Barry Allen, who you haven't met yet. He's a, a veteran fixed income uh, money manager. And, uh, you know, when we're thinking about that U.S. 10-year yield and, and perhaps what starts to kind of put some stre- more stress in the markets to, for a significant correction, you know, it, it's probably about that one 1.82% level. So can you just give a little bit more detail in terms of what you're going to be watching and what kind of um, momentum or confirmation you're, you're seeing? So, um I, I mean, I, so I have, I have a price target up around 175. We'll have to see how it reacts there, but that's kind of, so in other words, if, if we don't start turning down pretty quick, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, sometime next week or something like, and, and get kind of back below this 150 area where at least we start to kind of consolidate the gains, then I think you have to start thinking 175. That would kind of be my next kind of minimum target. But if we get up there and you start looking at the um, the levels, it, it just it kind of makes sense to me that we could end up reaching the the 2.0. Uh, so um, I'm I don't know. I mean the momentum is so strong, and I and I'll just look at this on a daily chart. Look at the look at the you know we were talking wow. about the ADX. Look at how strong the ADX is. So it's almost at a it's almost overheated. It's so strong. And it would make sense for this to pull back a little bit. But I mean, we're, we're in a, what I would consider to be a power trend for this in a, uh, and it does deserve a pullback at some point here, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know that I'd be looking for, uh, you know, this, this massive big drop to the downside. Okay. Um, and Joe, what's interesting though, too, when we take a look at the U S 10 year yield, cause that's what you're looking at, right? Yeah. And the converse of that obviously is the the pressure to the downside that you're seeing on treasury bonds. Yeah. But you can do the technical analysis on the actual yield move. I do it on the yields. Okay. I do it on the yields and not the bonds, but that tends to be, no, just because I've gotten the questions over the years and everyone wants to talk about the yield. My my clients want to talk about the yield. So I've just kind of focused on that. Yeah, no, it makes sense. That, that is what we're talking about. Um, so that's helpful. But I just wanted to clarify that because it, it is interesting to, to think that you could do the technical analysis on, on the yield curve, essentially, or the yield. Yeah, believe it or not, actually, they, they, they went to chart school. I mean, they, they, uh, they follow the technicals pretty well. Wow. Okay. Um, let's take a look here at the Canadian dollar. Yeah, so um, if we look at this on a bigger, longer-term time frame, uh, we can see you know a big drop into the bottom in 2016, and it has been kind of working sideways. And now all of a sudden, you know, it, it almost looks like it's trying to turn the corner from a big-picture standpoint. It hasn't done it officially, but um, you know, certain signs just uh, you know climax low, and then another climax low. We got a pretty big double bottom. I mean, I'd like to see a little bit more strength through this point eight. Uh, but I think there's signs of improvement here. It's still a little early. There's not great momentum in place yet, but um, you know, it, it is showing signs of improvement. If we just go and look at the dollar index, the US dollar index yeah. itself, we've made a pretty good drop, right? And we've come down to this 
support area that I was trying, I was basically pointing out to clients was 89.90 was where the target was for this drop. So once this broke, you know, mid nineties, I was looking at this area and we've reached that now. Now we're getting a bit of a bounce. I don't know that it's a reversal in trend, but it's probably like a minor reprieve for now. Um, and then we're going to have to look for the next time it sort of uh, gets going again to the downside. We'll just have to see. So um, right now the momentum is improving. There's short-term improvement um, on the positive side for the U.S. dollar index. Okay. Uh, let's also take a look here at Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, so this has gotten a little crazy, uh, but um, I don't view this the same as I did uh, when this peaked back in 20. So it's funny because this is the futures contract. It started trading at the peak here, uh, you know, uh, or if you look at it on a weekly chart, this was the peak. It was the week it started trading on the futures contract was the end of the move. Um, I, I don't know. I personally think uh, while this is due for some type of a correction or a pullback or, you know, maybe go through a longer digestion phase. I'm, I'm sort of the opinion based on the momentum characteristics and everything that this has probably got more to go down the road. To the upside. Yeah. 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 I just think, you know, it, it, it's, it scares me a little bit based on the run that it's had. And again, it's sort of stretched away. Um, so uh, we're showing a little bit of sign of momentum divergence, just a little bit enough to, to for a stock that or a markets that's so volatile. I think you got to be really careful. And let's just take a quick look at um, so Greystone uh, Grayscale Bits uh, Bitcoin is the trust that trades like a stock on the market. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's doing sort of the same thing. This last mm -hmm. run to the upside um, has lost a little bit of momentum. Uh, I would not be surprised to see this come back down into the low 30s or something like that. But again, I'm not necessarily looking for some kind of a big reversal. So, okay. But the ADX looks very strong for both of these, doesn't it? Yeah, they're strong. They're overbought, but strong. Okay. So, yeah, I would, I would tend to believe when we get a strong signal like this, um, we could go through a correction, but, you know, odds pretty, odds favor another move after that correction. Okay. Uh, full disclosure, I do own Bitcoin, so I'm glad to hear. Uh, I do not own yet Ethereum. Let's take a look at that. Yeah, I mean, I think this has come in too hard. I mean, a nice move to the upside, but look at how different the, the de decline phase has been. It's a lot easier to see on a daily chart. I mean, pretty violent. It's a thinner market, um, but a little too violent in my view. You don't have... Uh, so I, you don't even have ADX yet because you don't have enough time to create it. Because it just started trading. Yeah, it hasn't been yeah. around long enough. So I, I don't hate it. I'm just saying, it, it, and when I compare it to these other uh, Bitcoin markets, it's just, I don't think it's quite as strong. It's, a, it's probably because it's thinner, but it, it, I think it's going to need to stabilize a little bit uh, just based on the way it dropped off. Okay. Um, Joe, let's turn our attention now to um, stocks. And, um, you know, we've got a lot of, we're going to do this kind of in three parts. There's some stocks that I know so many Canadians having, you know, been on air and, and knowing what people want to hear about that we're going to go through first. Then we're going to go through viewer questions and then we're going to get to your top stock ideas uh, as you screen, as you say, thousands of stocks. Um, so let's just start with some Canadian stocks that stocks that Canadians care about um, and, and take a look at the banks. Let's let's run through like TD, BMO, Royal, as well as BNS just to start. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm just going to pull up a weekly and leave it there. I, you know, I like 
uh, the action here. Good, strong move. Good momentum characteristics. Both MACD and ADX are confirming this move. But you've made a big run, kind of like what we talked about with the Russell 2000. You know, you make a big run. And it ought to take some kind of a breather here, especially because we went from a new low, you know, a new low down here to a new high. And when I see that, you know, you tend to go through some type of a breather, but I don't view it as being negative. Um, I just think, you know, it would, it would be good to digest this fast and rapid up move of 50% in a short period of time. Hmm. And really, when I go through and look at a few of these others, Bank of Montreal, similar situation, um, momentum confirmation, good, but we've just made a kind of a big run. Um, I don't have a problem doing a little buying because we are making a new all-time high, but I, I, I would be... Um, I would give these a little room because I think you could easily spend some time consolidating in here. Um, and I would try and look advantage of play, maybe playing pullbacks in these um, if they take place. So, uh, and then we can go, I'm just going to run through these yeah. real quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Royal Canada, uh, Royal Bank of Canada. This has a really nice breakout. And if you notice when it broke out above these highs, it actually kind of checked back and, and got underneath them. And now it's kind of making another new run. The momentum characteristics here are not quite as good, um, but overall trend, overall pattern I think is okay. And I think there's a lot of support in the mid to low 80s. We're, um, okay. Yep. Nova Scotia, this has a really strong pattern. Again, we can see the ADX line hitting new highs at 40 and MACD confirming the move. So I like to see when price hits a new high, I wanna see I want to see the momentum hitting a new high with it to confirm the trend. We have that taking place here. We also have this kind of, uh, you know, breakaway to the downside and then quick reversal. Uh, and so when I see that, I kind of think there's underlying support from that. Uh, but again, a little bit overbought in the short term. And then uh, NA, National Bank of uh, Canada, really uh, interesting because this turned and rallied up and got up against the old highs pretty quick. And then we just recently broke out with some really good strength. And the ADX is crossing above 25. I like the action here. I really do. I think this looks pretty interesting. It's just short term. It's a, again, it's a little bit ahead of itself. So, Joe, it sounds as though for right now, when you take a look at all those Canadian banks, that um, the momentum, the price action, it's all confirming that, yes, you can continue to own it. Um, the difficulty, though, of course, for those who might want to buy some shares now, you might have to just wait a little bit. Sounds like for you know a few dollars in a, in a pullback, and, and it sounds like you would expect to almost see that, just given how far they've kind of stretched out. I think so, and and we've covered the Canadian guys, but it's really pretty much similar when I go through the U.S. banks as well. It, it, they've made a big run. The healthy thing to do now. Obviously, we're in an environment where prices don't always do the healthy thing, meaning, you know, this they might just keep going. But if it if they do keep going, then I, to me, that's borrowing, borrowing away from how long the trend could go. And I, I think if you pause here and they take a breather and consolidate and digest the gains, they set up for another really powerful move to the upside. So, um, yeah, I would be a holder right now and looking for opportunities on pullback to be a, a buyer. Okay, let's uh, run through just a few uh, Canadian energy names as well. CNQ, of course, is a name that a lot of uh, people and money managers here in Canada own. How's that one looking? Uh, pretty good. So here's that undercut and uh, rally pattern. So, you know, just to give you an idea, like down in here, in, um, you know, I do have a channel for technical. I, I invest like a pro is it my YouTube channel. And I right. teach how to incorporate technical analysis into your investing. So these are the types of things I show where I, I'm trying to explain 
this uh, an undercut and rally, and I'll go in detail exactly what uh, what the characteristics are and what I'm looking for. But in this case, you know, you had the spike low, rally up, and then you consolidate. And then as this started to come up through 20, you had to start take this taking this very seriously. And so now we're up into the next level of resistance around 32. I don't know. I mean, I, I to me again, it's it's probably a stock based on the action. I I, I do like the improvement. Um, I would probably, if I were buying it down in here, I'd probably be maybe taking some, reducing some profit, uh, taking some profits, at least partial, and then seeing how it reacts at resistance here. Okay. Let's uh, look at Suncor as well. Another big, large cap. Uh, this one's company. a little bit different. Um, I, you know, I, it's, it's, it's not as far along in the process. The volume is improving here, but it's got more resistance on this way up. So I kind of still view this more like a trading play. Whereas CNQ has done a lot of work in terms of turning around the bigger picture pattern. This is to me, I think, you know, maybe it works up into the mid twenties and then it's going to hit a whole nother level of resistance. It's going to be a little tougher to get through. Hmm. So it's a trading play, but does it still work at these levels at 21? Probably, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a believer in understanding my risk levels, right? So if I buy it here, I've got to risk about five points because that's the last bottom to make about five points. So it's kind of like one to one. I'd rather buy something and have like three, four, five to one in my favor in that way. But mm -hmm. it's not to say that it can't keep pushing higher. So again, I would probably hold this if I were in it, but I would be I would be getting a little leery as this approaches the mid mid twenties. Got it. Okay, let's take a look here at um, at pipe pipestone. Pipe small, has made a, a monster move uh, again. So I'm I'm looking at you know, these base breakouts down here at 80 cents. Look at where the ADX was just kicking above 25. We were getting the trend going to the upside. Look at where the MACD was crossing the zero line. Mm -hmm. This is the area where you really want to step in on these type of names that are showing new momentum. Now we've gotten the benefit of that and it's more than doubled, right? And now we're up into this resistance zone. So I like the momentum characteristics. I'm not saying we're going to go all the way back down, but I do think this is a time where I'd probably be more inclined to kind of maybe trim it, reduce it, and then look for pullbacks uh, for another buying opportunity because we're very far away from the 18-week moving average right now. Very far. Um, and interestingly, you know, I had a, you haven't met yet, but you'll meet him, I'm, I hope. Um, Rafa Tomazian is a senior uh, energy analyst here in Canada. And this was an idea he gave us about a week ago. Uh, when I interviewed him, I actually ended up buying it. I think it's only been a week or so, and um, so I've obviously benefited. Not, not I didn't double my money, but but I'm I'm am looking for the possibility to to buy it again, Joe. So you're thinking maybe more in that 140 level. Um, again, it doesn't. It could be a price pullback or it could be a pause. So it could just be going sideways and letting the moving averages catch up, and that'll work off the overbought condition as well. So I'm not necessarily when I say pullback, it doesn't always mean price is going to come way crashing back down. It could just take a breather and digest the gains, and so that could take place here. The power behind this move is really good. The volume, I'm not even showing the volume, but look at the recent green bars coming into this. So. Mm really good sign. I like the overall pattern. I just don't like it in the short term. I think there's a little bit of pullback risk. Okay. What about um, HWX? So um, this one, I actually want to switch to a monthly because I want to show you what is really going on here. Mm -hmm. So look at what happened. This was going through this long decline starting in 2009, big, wow. all of a sudden it finally hit support in 2012. 
got a rally and then came back down in 2015, found support, has been doing nothing for years, nothing. Hmm. And then look at where the volume started to pop, right? I mean, it was early. It was, it was still about a dollar where the volume starts to show up. And just to let you know, these micro cap names, the small micro cap names, it's best to look at price and volume. Uh, it's not to say that the uh, indicators won't help, but price and volume is really key for micro cap. And uh, we got the big move and then the pause, and now we've made a big run. So again, we're short-term overdone. We've made a little bit of a rally, but in the bigger picture, I think there's more to go here. Hmm. Okay. What about TCW? These are all Rafi Tomazian names, just FYI. TCW, yeah. Yeah. So um, so this is kind of doing the same thing, big turnaround and everything. It just doesn't have, although the ADX is showing good momentum characteristics, I don't, I don't really see the same type of strength that we have in some of the other names. It's, that doesn't mean that it's not going to work or whatever, but it, the dynamics are not quite as good. I know that this is showing 57 on the ADX and that's a big number, but um, again, sometimes they get a little, it, the ADX gets a little skewed with small cap names just because of the way they trade. And so you got to be careful on that, but big double bottom. I mean, I like what's going on here. I just, I'd like to see a little bit more strength in the rallies, but uh, you know, bigger, bigger picture turnaround just probably uh, probably needs a pullback more than anything. And when you say strength in the rallies, what, what do you, what do you mean? Do you mean volume? What do you mean? Um, volume's finally starting to pick up here, but yeah, I'd like to see a more of a uh, vertical move on the up moves. Yeah. And then, you know, if you have a, a pullback, that's, that's more gentle, right. Mm -hmm. A little bit mm -hmm. more um, not as, not as deep and then have again, more like, so it's, it's the velocity of the trend has a lot to do with it. And sometimes ADX gets fooled sometimes. So I don't really, I, this to me looks like something that's kind of been creeping higher. It, mm -hmm. it, I know these are, it's a pretty big percentage move, but when you look at it compared to these other stocks, it's not the same kind of dynamics behind it. So, okay. Um, before we get to the questions, I'm going to throw one into you, Joe, but I think you'll be able to find it. Um, Real matters, R-E-A-L, it does trade on Toronto should come up. Yeah. Second one. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this has been a pretty rough, uh, pretty rough decline. Um, I'll look at this on a monthly just so you can see what happened. So here's where it opened uh, originally started trading and then had a big drop and then turned around, made a huge run. And now we're back to where it started trading. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I, something like this, I would probably, uh, want to look at a fib retracement here and say mm. we describe what that back means. more than 50% of this up move so it's lost a little upside momentum because you've dropped down more uh more than 50% of this up leg so normally if you can hold the 61% then that's a very good sign that you're holding the bigger trend but so that's kind of a key level to watch 14, 14 and a half, but really like to see a bounce here and maybe trade between the 618 and the 382 in the near term. Um, but we've got a kind of key on this. If it keeps dropping and drops below 14, something like that, I think that would be a, a pretty big negative. Hmm. Okay. Um, it's kind of an interesting Canadian. It gets, it's real estate, but it gets lumped in with tech and it has all US exposure. 
um, but it gets thrown around with the NASDAQ. Okay, so um, Joe, let, let's uh, take a look at some of the questions from, uh, from various viewers. And um, I'm hoping, uh, let's see here. Well, here's one question from Jackie. Uh, and I, you kind of started out talking a little bit about this, but how has the pandemic affected Joe's analysis of companies and stocks? People are hypersensitive and reacting more irrationally. You have youth investors with time on their hands disrupting GameStop. Has it, has it, any, has it changed for you, Joe? Well, that's what I was saying earlier when I had the uh, the Dow chart on the yearly that it's gotten stretched away, uh, you know, and we've had such a long run. And those are the types of characteristics that we tend to see in an environment that's been running for a while, right? You start to, because a lot of people miss the bull market, right? I mean, they, they really didn't participate. Now we're starting to see a lot more activity. It doesn't bode well in the bigger picture, I think, but it could go on for another year. I mean, we don't know the timing of that. So that to me follows like a sentiment thing. It's it's something I would follow from a sentiment standpoint, as opposed to the price action and everything. We're seeing very concentrated stocks like GME, you know, the handful, 10 or 12 that got played um, and, and a few others. We, we actually have a few that we're going to go through, but mm-hmm. um in terms of having it a, 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 an effect on how I view technical analysis, I would say no. I think you have to understand what a blow-off looks like. And we saw some of those take place. I mean, that GME was a blow-off move, uh, not really sustainable. And um, in a way, this real matters is kind of like that, but just not to the same degree. It wasn't as vertical, um, but the same kind of action where you just keep going and going and going, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's just yeah. the fact is, is that, GME did it in such a short period of time. Right, right. A couple of days. Okay. Uh, Joe, let, let's uh, take another question here. Um, curious on what Joe thinks about ABST, KXS, Lightspeed, NVIE. There's a few to go through. So let's start with ABST. So this actually looks like it got into that little spiky action with a lot of this other stuff. I don't know if it had anything to do with that, if there was some short exposure in this or something like mm-hmm. that. It looks like it was around the, the time of the earnings. Um, and, you know, the problem I have with it is if you look at what happened, it had a big gap up and, and, and people took profits on that and, mm-hmm. and sold it off. So I think we've created some resistance up there between say 15 and 20. Uh, it's resistance for me is more of an area. I think in the high teens, it's just a problem area, but I don't think that changes anything that's going on in the bigger picture. It was a huge breakout in the uh, eight, nine, 10 area. Um, I just think it got a little ahead of itself. Um, let me pull up a KXS. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a really violent break on its earnings. Uh, clear the breakout of uh, below 160, I think is a pretty big negative. Uh, we're coming into support around 120, but I would not, I would not be a buyer of support because you've broken the trend. And um, so I kind of look at this as kind of like being guilty until proven innocent. I want to see signs that buyers are stepping in. The momentum is pretty negative to the downside. Hmm, okay. Um, speed. Yeah. A little bit of uh, got ahead of itself. It made a really nice move. Good overall characteristics in place, but violent pullback. And when I see this kind of violent pullback with pretty heavy volume, I tend to believe it's going to take at least a couple months. I mean, normally these corrections and, and trends take anywhere from two months to six months to play out. And so uh, it has been sharp and I'm not saying it's going to keep dropping for that amount of time, but it might end up finding support at 50 and then just kind of going sideways uh, 
for several months. Hmm. Okay. Um, NVEI, another one to take a look at. Yeah, there's not a lot of history here. What I have, and uh, let's just look at a daily chart. Um, so it had been going sideways and then you kind of broke this area. But here's one thing I wanted to point out on this. We're at an incredibly pivotal area around 60. So this was where resistance was and then you broke out at 60 and then you came down and found support there. It didn't quite make it this time, but now we're back here again. So it's sort of like the difference between being positive and negative. I think if you break down below this on a weekly closing basis or something like that, then, then you have to kind of think you're below, I think pretty cr critical resistance level. So mm -hmm. something to keep an eye on. So then what would be the next resistance level? Like in, in terms of, I, and I, what I'm sensing too, Joe, is that this person probably owns all of these stocks. They haven't been performing as well lately. And, you know, some people trade them. Some people don't, some people want to know what their downside is. Yeah. yeah. So if um, if if 60 doesn't hold, then I think you got to start thinking about uh, probably around 50, probably okay. around 50. But the reason why 60 is so important to me is that it would change the whole pattern for me. Like this right now is OK because you're surviving 60. And that to me would mean, OK, this is just an up move and then a correction. And then we could keep climbing higher. I think if we break 60 then we're in for a much longer period. If we get down to 50, then you're probably not going to get through 60 for quite a while. Okay, got it. Um, let, let's take a look at the last one. I don't know if you found this LQDA on the NASDAQ. Oh, you did. Yeah, it, I mean, it had the drop and it went sideways and then it, it tried to emerge, but look at where the volume really didn't follow. As this was rallying up here, you notice how the volume wasn't very good. So mm. that's where sometimes ADX can fool you, but you, on a small cap stock, micro cap stock, always pay attention to the volume. You want to see good volume on the rallies. And now we're actually seeing heavy volume on the decline and is back below its moving averages. So I, I kind of view this more like a waste of time. Um, I don't know that there's a huge amount of downside necessarily because there, there is still support back here, but it just, it's lost its upside momentum. And not that they're really, not that it really got going anyway. So I'd kind of like to see it get back up through three with some volume and then maybe get a little bit more interested again. Okay. Um, let's uh, take some questions from Sarah. She's looking at UniSelect on Toronto, Palantir and Nokia. I'm going to go and basically just look at a weekly chart just so you guys mm -hmm. know, that's really what I'm trying to focus on because I think these are the kind of the, the most important trends and what we're seeing. We are breaking a long-term mm. downtrend line in this stock. Mm. So there are two there. So in order to change the trend, you break the trend line. That's one, right? Two is you come down and test support in some way, shape or form. And then three is coming back above the rally high, which would be this, whatever this peak ends up being. So I'm, I, you have the makings of a change in trend. It's still a little early. Um, and we can see resistance here still uh, probably about 10 up to 12. Uh, that's probably going to be a little bit of a problem until we get to the point where we test support and hold and then turn back up and break through this line. Then you have a stage two uptrend in place and you have real potential. But I do like what's taking place here. There is a lot of improvement. Yeah. And the ADX is favorable too, right? Yeah, it's still, so I kind of like, it's quiet. It's not, you know, there's not a lot of selling anymore. You had the selling back in here, here, here. And then, you know, 
now it's sort of stabilized. Mm -hmm. um, so green, the buyers are starting to show up a little bit, but we need them strong enough to get this blue line over 25. And that sort of confirms the trend. So it's just yep. going to take a little bit of time, but there is improvement. Interesting. Thanks, Sarah. I might look at that. So, <laughs> nice to point that out. Uh, let's take a look at Palantir. This is a little different. Again, not a lot of history, mm -hmm. big up move. And then we've had a sort of a violent decline. The volume is a little heavy. I was sort of keying, uh, I've gotten a lot of questions on this. I, I, I know this is probably a pretty good company. Uh, not that I know what's going mm -hmm. on, but it, I, I, get pretty I get pretty interested prospects in this. So I think we're coming down to kind of this key level is around 22, 23. How it reacts around here is pretty important. Based on the volume, I don't think you have to dive in. I think we'll have some opportunity to watch this sort of maybe work back and forth a little bit. Um, if you like to buy on weakness, like you like to really buy when it's down, then then nibble at it a little bit, but don't go full force. If you if you buy a position, um, buy maybe a third or a quarter to start. You know, and this is start. This is we're in the area where we start to see um, buyers stepping in uh, or support, and so I don't have a problem doing that. I just want to make sure you understand we don't have any sign that 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 it's really turning around quite yet. Okay, um, let's take a look at uh, the next one, um, which was Nokia. Yeah, so this is uh, uh, this got wrapped up in this uh, the GameStop play, right? I mean, you had this big spike mm -hmm. up and reversal. I, I, I'm pretty sure this is right, uh, and so um, I'm not exactly sure what took place there, but it, it's troubling to see that kind of a spike in reversal. While it's not like real investors up there with a lot of invest, uh, resistance, it's still a problem. And it, it sort of tells me five is the number. I mean, we want to get back through five. And if we can do that, then again, we have this pattern where you break the downtrend and then you test support and then you turn back up through five. Now we're starting to see signs that maybe the trend is shifting back up. And so, you know, signs of improvement. We've got definite signs of, of ADX, but it's being fooled a little bit by this big spike. Right. Yeah, I've definitely got caught up in that in the GameStop. Um, let's uh, also take a look at a few um, tech stories that, that a lot of people do care about. Shopify as well as Amazon. What are those looking like these days? So, you know, as we go and look at the QQQ, uh, you know, to start, these are, this one is actually very similar to that in that, you know, you've made a pretty big run. Now, this has been very volatile along the way, but hmm. it's been a great stock. It's just this last run. So you look at new highs, new high here, break, uh, and you break out, and then you go sideways and you pull back and you break out there. Then you went sideways and you broke out again. And then you went sideways and then you broke out again. But you notice this last one only lasted a week and then it reversed pretty hard. So it's sort of like, uh, I don't know if anyone follows William O'Neill, but he would say it's kind of like a late stage break and failure sort of. It's just, you need a longer consolidation phase after you keep running up. I mean, these are the low risk areas where you go sideways for a long time and then go make a move up. And then you kind of go sideways for a decent period and then you start moving higher. But once you keep lifting farther and farther away from the initial breakout, you need a longer consolidation phase. And I think that's what's going on here. Um, Amazon is a little bit different. Uh, sideways pattern breaks out. Another sideways pattern is developing here. I think there's pretty good support, say 2,600, 2,800. There's probably a little bit more downside risk in this in the near term. But I, personally, I think you're working off this overbought condition in the MACD and it's getting closer and closer to the zero line. 
And that's probably where we get our next, uh, you know, prime opportunity in this. So that, that'd be hmm. what I'd be on the lookout for. So buying opportunity maybe around that $2,600 level? I mean, if it were to drop down to 2,600 and again, you like to kind of buy weakness and you want to do that, that'd probably be the spot I would do it. Otherwise, I would just let this let this consolidate some more. And, and you know, the moving averages are rolling over a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, look for signs of a, of a shift in the trend on maybe like a daily chart or something like that. But right now, um, 2,800 is a key level to watch. And then 2,600, those are kind of the two that, that I think are important if you're okay. buying the dip. Okay. Um, we've also got somebody who's quite interested in some of the semi stocks. Let's uh, kind of rip through TSM, Qualcomm and AMD. And I'm personally curious on NVIDIA. Yeah. So uh, again, big run, nice move. You had a, a, a strong breakout run and then a consolidation. Then you made another big run. And now we've pulled back pretty hard. We're back to the 18 week moving average, but we did it in such a violent way. My guess is we're going to do pull one of these, um, some kind of a up and down little kind of consolidation pattern of some sort. Um, you know, that takes a little bit of time where I think you've built up resistance up here. Uh, but they're probably going to be support at some point. Maybe it's at 110. I'm not sure exactly. We might have already hit it. But, uh, you know, it's. It, I would probably hold what if I had it, but I, I wouldn't be looking to buy it right this second. I think it's a little too uh, violent in the way the selling is taking place. Now, if you've if you bought this down at 40 or 50 and you've made a huge amount of money and you haven't taken profits, then I would definitely say, that that makes sense. Uh, I, I think that's the prudent thing to do. And that goes for all these semis, really. But uh, this what, to not take profit or to, off that much. to not take profit or to take profit to take some profits. Okay, I'm not I'm a big believer in scaling out of positions. I don't think you have to be an all or nothing guy. I don't think you have to make 100 percent sell at 140 to, and be right. I think you can sell along the way. And when the position becomes a bigger part of your portfolio, you trim it back and, you know, take advantage of pullbacks to maybe add to it again. Um, so uh, that's kind of how I would look at it. And then uh, let's look at Qualcomm. This is a yeah. little bit more violent in the way it's coming in, but it has reached the 40-week moving average. This is a, probably a pretty good spot to, again, expect some kind of a bounce. I really like the longer-term picture on this. I, yeah. I think this was a big breakout, and this is really the first pullback. Um, I don't have a problem if you want to do a little nibbling, but again, you got to be careful on these violent... This is like buying a falling knife, right? Mm-hmm. We, wanna, we want it to kind of hit bottom first and stabilize a little bit before diving in. Um, but if you've been wanting to buy this and you want to do a small piece to start start a position by nibbling or getting a toe in the water, I don't have a problem because we have made a, a pretty good drop, but uh, I think it's going to end up taking a little bit more time to correct. Okay. And, and then Joe, a lot of people just on a fundamental front have loved NVIDIA. But, but those people have now also moved a little bit more towards AMD. So what, what's going on in both of those? Yeah, so NVIDIA is a classic failed new high. You know, the pattern I was just talking about where you went to a new high and then for about a week and then immediately uh, failed. <laughs> and so I, that's a pretty big negative after a big run. I think this is going to take some time. I think you're going to spend time consolidating. We lost a lot of momentum. We hit a new high here. The MACD didn't come anywhere near confirming and neither did Mac, uh, ADX. So I think we're just going to go through a period of, again, consolidation. I'm not necessarily calling for this to go back to the 300, but it's just made such a big move that I think, you know, it's the type of thing where it's just going to take some time. Um, let's go back to uh, AMD. Mm-hmm. So this one, again, look at the momentum divergence. So you went to a new high in price here, 
and MACD did not confirm. And so that was sort of the sign I was mentioning to clients that maybe we'd go through some kind of a pullback. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to reverse the trend, but the pullback is back to this prior low area, which we've already reached. Right. So now the question is, do you hold here? And, you know, I mean, it might is my answer. I'm not, I'm not a big believer in uh, making that kind of a call when you have momentum divergence in place. And really, again, we look at the daily chart. I've got negative momentum here. This is really strong selling. Yeah. I'm not going to jump in this with negative selling on this time frame. I'm going to wait for this to stabilize on a short-term time frame. And if it does, then I'd be willing to buy it. Because for all I know, this is going to 70, might be going to 60. This is the real major support level at 60. Hmm. I'm not convinced yet that this is turning. Short-term, yes. And again, if you don't want to wait for more confirmation and you like to buy weakness, then nibble a little bit. But I wouldn't be a, a, I wouldn't just go diving in. Okay. Um, Joe, let's get to your ideas. What have you found in your screening of thousands of stocks? Um, okay. Let me go. I'm going to, again, I'm just going to leave. I've been jumping back and forth, but I'm just <laughs> going to leave it on a weekly. Um, yep. Let's look at Cigna. And actually Cigna is having a really good day today. Uh, it might actually finish up the week. I mean, it has tried a number of times to try and break out of this big base. Uh, I'd really love to see this break out and uh, get through there. It has, it's not even there yet. 230 is really kind of the breakout area, but we have a low ADX pattern on the weekly. There's a low ADX pattern on the monthly and there's a low ADX pattern on the daily. That means there's no trend environment right now. And when that's the case, we want to look for breakouts. And if we can break out above this big area, then you should expect probably this, you know, the start of, of a trend. Um, let's go on to the next one. So this is a ABM Industries. Um, so, you know, again, you know, you had this long sideways where you were ratcheting back and forth, but now you're getting through this 42 area and potentially breaking out. Um, starting to see signs of improvement on the uh, ADX. Just overall pattern, I really like the looks of. Okay. Here's a financial uh, State Street is trying to turn around. It had the long decline and uh, has been kind of going sideways and it's trying to start to participate with the rest. I want to see this get above 80. Uh, if it does that, I would start to feel like it probably plays a little bit better with the rest of the financials. Mm -hmm. um, and when we talk about these stocks having some, you know, the potential for upside, Joe, well, what, what kind of um, upside do you want to, are you expecting to, to get, I guess is the question. Yeah, I'm not a trader, really. I mean, I can trade and I can identify trades and find stocks that could move in the next week or two. But I'm really like a stock like Cigna, I'm looking for something that I think can move over the next year or two. Uh, and I wouldn't even put a target on it if this broke out, because I would think it would be the start of a pretty meaningful trend in a stock like uh, State Street, because of the way this has played out. If this turns the corner and gets through 80, I would be going I would be expecting this to work its way back up to the old high. Um, so I'm looking at these multiple time frames because I'm trying to find a match between a monthly chart and a weekly chart. And when you get that, you have the potential for a lot more upside. OK, let's take a look at SWK. That's another one. Stanley. Yeah, so here's a breakout pattern. And now it just came down to where it broke out from. So former resistance becomes support and you held it through this whole period. And now we're starting to kind of lift off this area. I just like the overall look to it. I think it's pretty attractive. And um, am I right in seeing Weight Watchers? Yeah. 
kind of <laughs> funny, but wow. you look at the chart and see what's taking place. Big, huge decline, big up move, come back down. We're testing this low. You know, I mean, it, it, we're starting to see signs of real buying. And I, one thing I wanted to show is um, look at the volume on the daily chart. I mean, this is the best volume this has seen in a long, long time. So uh, it's kind of interesting that this is showing up here. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, maybe everyone was sitting at home. This and, is exactly it. <laughs> not moving and now they have to see people again so they're getting ready to uh be prepared for that i don't know i think that's exactly it i like the fundamental side of it too um okay am i looking at FireEye? yeah so this yeah. is a stock with a big um a big long sideways pattern with huge look at the volume breakout and now it's pulling back to kind of where it should find support now on this stock i would draw in a downtrend line and i wouldn't be a hero uh, there's just no reason to try and buy this down here. I'd wait for 20 or 21 because if this works, you're unwinding, you know, what, uh, four or five years of going sideways. This has huge, huge upside if this gets going to the upside. Wow. So I wouldn't feel the need to be the first guy here. Okay. Wait, wait for it to really show some confirmation strength, which would be around the $21 level. Right now. And if, you know, if it goes sideways for a couple of weeks, it might be more like 20, 20 and a half, something like that. Got it. Okay. Um, CMC. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait, no, that's I'm, a different oh, one. No, this is the wrong okay. one. Okay. Yeah. Commercial you... metals. Okay. This looks a little better. Yeah. Right. I mean, we've did nothing for a very long time and now we're breaking out of this big base. Look at the, look at what's happening to the ADX crossing above 25 for the first time based on the buyers, MACD's turning up. It's just, I think the potential is here. Now, I don't, I'm not necessarily saying it's a buy right this second. We probably want to look to buy some minor pullback here, but really good price action breaking out of a pretty big base. Okay. Um, MEI, got three more to go, everybody. Yeah. So um, pretty big turnaround developing. And uh, this is a, a semiconductor guy and uh, they're just, Smaller cap semi, but if I go and look at the pattern that I've been talking about, we're breaking the downtrend, we're kind of testing that line, and now we're turning back up. And so just overall good action there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then everybody cares about Apple and Facebook. Yeah, so uh, I mean, this is pretty much the QQQ trade. Um, we, we had a price high that wasn't confirmed by the momentum on the MACD or the ADX really. And I think the target I'm looking for is around 105 to 110 for a pullback. Uh, that to me would make the most sense. Now it's possible it's gonna try and hold this interim support, but just based on the overall pattern, uh, I'm sort of calling for a little bit more of a drop down into, uh, like I say, 105, 110. Now, wow. Microsoft's a little bit different. You don't, you do have a little bit of momentum divergence, but this is a much stronger trend in my view overall. It doesn't have any kind of signs of real distribution yet. Um, and I, I think the 220 area is probably really important. As long as you stay north of 220, uh, I would have a pretty decent bias, long bias on this. Um, not necessarily a stock that I would buy uh, if I'm a long-term investor, and I want to show you why. Uh, this is what the monthly chart looks like, right? I mean, I'm recommending this down in here, you know, after this period here, 
I, I recommended it here. In fact, this is I bought. A, I did a book, uh, Invest Like a Pro. And, and this is the last chart in that book was talking about this reverse <laughs> pattern. And so, you know, that is, I like pullbacks to the 18 month, but when you get away from the 18 month, you know, you got to be questionable. And now you got to look at this and say, this has been going up for a very, very long time. So the risk is elevated from a long-term standpoint. Mm -hmm. And uh, then lastly, you know, Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Facebook, I kind of like, uh, it, it is, um, it didn't get crazy like these others and it had a really strong breakout. And it, I think the consolidation looks pretty good. I think there's pretty good support at like 230, 240, 250. If it does dip down, mm -hmm. uh, I might consider being a little bit of a buyer on a dip on this just because mm. I think there's a lot of underlying support in place. Mm. Okay. Um, Joe, why don't we um, get rid of the charts and just kind of thank you, uh, you know, wrap it up in the sense that for everybody to know, like what you and I just did for the past hour and a bit is what we always did and you still do for institutional clients in terms of, you know, the reports that you have going through the markets, going through stocks that they might care about i.e. your viewers' questions, and then going through stocks you like. Um, so it's incredibly comprehensive, but, you know, people should know that, that that's what the, you know, big money managers, you know, who run billions and billions and billions of dollars do. Right. And, and what we're looking for is a match. We, we want to find where the fundamentals and the technicals kind of overlay and say, are telling you the same thing. And that's where I think big money can be made, um, where if, if, I, if you're on one end of the spectrum on fundamentals and the technicals are, say, really, really bearish, well, maybe you don't do as big a position. You, you're, you play it lighter until the technicals start to confirm or the other way around. So um, that's kind of how mm -hmm. I would do it if, uh, if I'm in your position. A lot of it has to do with position sizing. Right. In other words, just know how much you want to go in. Leg in is kind of, I think, how you approach it. Right, right. Okay. Um, and Joe, also, so everybody should know, though, that they can go to your website, ravelstockresearch.com. They can sign up for your newsletter, which is new. You didn't used to do this for retail individual investors, but you can do it now. Right. And what I've done is I've actually, um, <laughs> I have a coupon for, that's called Catherine. Thank and you. For anyone who's watching <laughs> that's uh, on your YouTube channel or whatever, uh, if they go on to ravelstockresearch.com forward slash services and they sign up for the individual uh, monthly uh, uh, service for the first three months, it's $50 a month instead of the regular hundred. Uh, so just a little bit of a discount to see 50% uh, discount to see uh, if uh, the information there is uh, worthwhile. So uh, great. And, and what are they going to get with it? What are you really providing them? Because it's going to be different than, you know, doing what we just did for institutional investors. I do a once a week market uh, analysis of the S&P and I will look at the other markets if I think they're important. I'll mention them in, in the, in the uh, weekly report. And then I usually do like positive and negative highlights. I look at the sector action and what's rotating up and what's rotating down. Um, and then um, on Wednesday, I also do a sector, a what I call a bottom up sector report. And that is where I go through all the stocks in the database pretty much every month. And I, I go and uh, basically give you what I think are the best looking attractive patterns. And I go sector by sector. So, um, you know, when the market's looking really good and there's a lot of attractive, there's there's a lot of ideas in there. And uh, when things get a little uglier, there'll be fewer, fewer ideas. But there, there will always be ideas. So, okay. Uh, well, that's, that's awesome. That's, I think, what everybody's looking for. And, and just lastly, if people want to actually really learn about technical analysis, um, your YouTube channel is, is Invest Like a Pro, and you have a book, Invest Like a Pro. 
Right, right. So if you just type in invest like a pro into YouTube, I'll pop up. Uh, and uh, it, it is, it's an educational channel, but it can help uh, for you to understand how to incorporate, especially if you're a fun, if you like to look at the fundamentals and you have a stock that you're interested in, it can really help with your timing so that you're not maybe buying something at 50 and then immediately watching it drop to 40. Um, which you might be right in the long run, but it's it, sometimes that's kind of a painful short-term uh, situation. So I try and help guys uh, understand how to, how to avoid that guys and gals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe, that was great. I'm so glad we are able to do this. It's such an incredible format, you know, what we're able to do today versus, you know, when we met well over 10, 12 years ago, um, just to be able to provide this for, for viewers. I mean, it, it's really, it is the democratization of investing. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Thanks, Joe. We'll do it again. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. You too.